And I think I asked you this before, Andy. How do you differentiate between Benoit and Benoit? I gauge what I perceive to be the education level of the person I'm talking to, and if it seems like a high education level, I'll say Benoit, and if it <laughs> seems more like where my family and I have been in my life, I'll say Benoit. So does that mean I'm not smart? Is that what you're deducing at this point? <laughs> <laughs> you, maybe you're down in the, the base with me here. And, you know, I remember Benoit Benjamin, by the way. When I was a kid, my mom told me that they had considered naming me Benjamin Benoit, and I was so relieved to not do it because I didn't – I had, uh, what, Benoit Benjamin's trading card, and I, I didn't love I, – I, I thought he was a little bit of a rounded-body athlete from what I could remember. I didn't love him as much as I loved other NBA guys. And David Benoit, a great smooth jazz piano player who did a lot of great, great pieces. All right, enough about and, that. And a guy who played for the Utah Jazz, a separate David Benoit. That's right. This is great knowledge right here. All right, let's get down and, to the... And the name of my cousin, not to push it too far, but the name of my, my best friend cousin. All right, you All just right, pushed go, go it ahead. too far. All right, you put, you're the one who was telling people about the education level of the, of the person deciding whether it's Benoit or Benoit. Let's get down to it. Are you on the same national bandwagon that is deduced that the Green Bay Packers with their selection of a quarterback in the first round and the Philadelphia Eagles with their selection of a quarterback in the second round were the biggest head-scratchers of the draft after all is said and done? Um, a little, I can certainly see why that's the, if we have to pick a head scratcher, I can see how it has landed on those two teams, especially Green Bay. Uh, I, I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for the reason that their draft did have one theme throughout. And the theme surprised me, and it surprised a lot of people, but they were consistent with the approach, and that was their drafting with the long view in mind. Jordan Love's not the only guy they took who will probably be playing for them down the road but might not play right away. I mean, I could argue that none of their rookies will have huge roles right away, perhaps. So it gets into the philosophy then. If you're, okay, we're one game from the Super Bowl, do you draft for right now and try to find a couple guys that can push you over the top? Or do you draft to, to keep replenishing the stock and keeping yourself theoretically in this position for many years to come. New England does it that way. They draft with, with other years out in the future in mind. Seattle has been doing that. That's the approach Green Bay took. It surprised some people, uh, but, you know, I'm sure they put a lot of thought into it. I'm sure they didn't just wake up and decide, hey, that's what we're going to do on draft day today. Well, the Dallas Cowboys are getting lauded uh, throughout uh, the Twitter sphere for their weekend. And aside from C.D. Lamb, uh, falling right to them in the first round. What what made their weekend so great? Well, the guys they got happened to fit the needs that they have, and that, to me, is, is really what drafting is about. Every team says we just take the best guy, we don't draft for need, but that's not true. Every team does. Most of the time they do draft for need, and you have to in the NFL. So Lamb, I think, is a huge addition for a variety of reasons, but to answer your question about the other guys, Trayvon Diggs is a longer-bodied, physical press type of corner. And Dallas's new regime, Mike Nolan's the defensive coordinator now. When we last saw Nolan running a defense, it was a little while ago, about eight years ago, I want to say, but he was blitzing. And even in Atlanta, they had these conversations after Nolan was, was running the defense. What do we do? What kind of players do we get? And Nolan's attitude, and the Falcons bought in at the time, was, let's go get some corners because we can scheme a pass rush. We're going to blitz and we're going to design the pass rush and get home that way. We don't need big-time athletes to do that. But if we are blitzing, you do need to play man-to-man behind it because you've got to be up on receivers to take away their timing if the ball is going to come out quickly against the blitz. 
So let's get some corners, and we'll scheme the pass rush. It appears that might be where Dallas is headed right now with Trayvon Diggs. He's a guy that would at least fit that kind of philosophy for how they want to play. Plus, some of their corners now, they might have trouble re-signing. Jordan Lewis and Chidobia Wuzie, they're both in the final year of their contract. Talking with uh, Andy Benoit, talking draft. And obviously, wide receivers went off the board like crazy. Eight off the board in the first 35 picks, 30, 26 through five rounds, 36 overall. That ties the record set in 2003 for that many receivers taken in a seven-round draft. That's not a surprising. That's a lot of wide receivers out there, and there's no doubt that's a premium position, along with offensive linemen who also went in, in large quantities this past weekend. Yeah, and it's interesting. The alignment didn't surprise me as much because there were a lot of teams this year that needed tackles. And what's happened for so long, we've thought because of the blind side, which is a great book and a nice movie and everything, we've thought the left tackle is a lot more valuable than the right tackle. And that was true for a while, but the NFL has changed. There's a lot of shotgun now, so the blind side has been the game. You don't have as much of a blind side. You see things differently out of the shotgun, it's a lot of quick strike passes, so these guys are not blocking on an island for four seconds. It's a different league. And long story short, right tackles and left tackles, I think, now hold equal value. They're both still very important. The best pass rushers face right tackles, not left tackles. So a lot of teams need tackles because you now need two of them, not just one great tackle. And, and there were happened to be quite a few good tackles in this draft. So the first round, that was where teams went. The wide receivers surprised me a little for two reasons, and there were so many taken early. Uh, one is we kept hearing how deep the receiver class is. So you would think a lot of teams would say, well, you know, we don't, we don't need to go get this first rounder because we got guys in the third, fourth round who might not be quite as good, but they're close. Let's go get them, and we'll draft a different position in the first round. I thought we'd see more of that. It didn't go that way. The other thing is a lot of these younger coaches, they believe in their heart of hearts, our scheme can win. We can get guys open. They just have to run the routes the way we want them to run the routes. And some of those guys, we, we do need talent to do that, but we don't need to have a Julio Jones to do that. We can have a guy like, like what Cooper Cup or Robert Woods do for the Rams. Those are second-tier talent receivers. Uh, they're still well above average, but they're not break-the-bank type of guys but they work perfectly for the Rams. I thought more teams are seeing things that way, and yet here we still saw, what what did you say, six receivers, seven, eight go in the first 39 picks. So it was interesting that it went that way. Yeah, eight in the first 35, 26 to five rounds, 36 overall. And the Oakland Raiders are the first team in 38 years who took three wide receivers in the first three rounds, and then the Miami Dolphins on the other side went heavy on offensive linemen to protect their investment in Tua. So you're seeing teams, and that's why the Dolphins are getting major, major love. They got the quarterback that they think is their future, and then they got three offensive linemen to help protect that guy. Yeah, and it helps when your offensive line was really ill-equipped last year, too. I mean, they had glaring needs to tackle. So it was, it, I'm sure that prodded them. Oakland, or I guess it's Las Vegas now, I'll have to get used to that. that. It surprised me that they went as deep as they did at wide receiver because they've invested in some guys already. And I would imagine Tyrell Williams, who got big money from them, I think it was a year ago now, maybe it's two years ago, he'll probably not be there after this season. They can get out of his contract pretty feasible. So maybe they're looking ahead. Teams often draft with next year in mind about who they can sign and not sign because they have an idea for that now. And 
Brian Edwards, their, their third receiver they took, 81st pick overall, South Carolina. He's kind of a Tyrell Williams type in terms of style. Hey, Andy, if uh, Howie Roseman uh, didn't shock the world by taking Jalen Hurts at number 53 overall, where do you think he would have gone? Well, that's a really good question, and I don't know if I have a good answer for that because Hurts, guys like Hurts are so much in the eye of the beholder. And I know that uh, with Lamar Jackson, Jackson's success is probably easy to say, well, you know, more mobile QBs, that's what you want. Lamar Jackson is not a – he's beyond mobile. He, I mean, he's faster than most wide receivers and running backs. He's a different kind of mobile. So that's really not a great comp. I'm not saying Hurts can't run away from people, but, you know, it's, it's how you value mobile QBs varies from one team to the next. And what you want to be leery of – is when a guy is dependent on his mobility. And I didn't watch enough of Hurts in college to say whether he is or is not dependent on his mobility. But you haven't heard him described as a passer first and foremost by everybody. Right. So, I, which means his demand was lower because not every team's going to have a demand for him in that case. So I was a little surprised he went as high as he did. But I think, I think uh, since, or since Philadelphia has some pretty – specific ideas in mind for how they'll want to use them. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the field with Carson Wentz at time. All right, Andy, the story that we're looking forward to now is at 4 p.m. today is the deadline for unrestricted free agent signings to count in the compensatory pick formula for the following draft. So we're going to see a lot of guys being dropped today, and we're going to see a lot of guys being picked up, right? We may see some movement on you know, Jameis Winston, Logan Ryan, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, there's a bunch of guys out there floating around. So how big will this 4 p.m. deadline be? Because we're getting close to it. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's not one that had been at the front of my mind. But that, that compensatory pick thing, and I'm surprised. I needed to look up when that CBA was agreed upon a few weeks ago. I, I, we need to be more familiar with exactly how that is set up and in place because – a lot of veteran players are getting hurt by that compensatory pick setup. He's, you, a guy who's a decent veteran, you dump him because he's going to cost so much more, and you get a compensatory pick for a rookie, a cheap rookie. I think there's been a lot of unintended consequences with that. So that'll probably be near the front of my to-do list is getting more familiar with that because I, I, I would imagine that's something the NFLPA wanted to address in the negotiations, and I, I don't know off the top of my head exactly where that landed. Yeah, there's a lot of names out there, and I was just looking over it, and you got, you know, you got Carlos Hyde and Jason Peters and Everson Griffin and Marcus Golden, hmm. uh, Prince Amakamura, mm -hmm. who's bounced around, and even the Cam Newton situation. But that, that's not going to be decided today because of the whole problem with the physical, not being able to have him checked out medically to see if they could sign him and pay the guy the big money that he wants. Yeah, and the other part with Newton, what's, been, what's interesting is him, and the part of the reason he's unsigned is first of all, he's like you said, damaged goods, and we don't know where he even is there. And even if he gets a medical, you still don't know if he'll stay healthy, and that's been a concern. Has chronic shoulder problems, and the way he throws the ball, he is a very violent upper body thrower. He does not, his legs and upper body are almost separate entities at times when he throws the ball, which is part of the reason he can be a strong passer. He's a very talented arm, but part of the reason he's erratic in his consistency, his accuracy at times. So, that's a concern to me if I'm taking a QB that's had a history of shoulder problems and he puts a lot of torque on his shoulder and I don't know if he'll be accurate enough anyway. Plus, are we really going to run that QB a lot? Do we want him taking a lot of hits? Because that's what made Newton so valuable in Carolina. It's not just that he could run the ball, 
but he made you defend the quarterback in the run game pretty much every single snap, and that, that impacted everything Carolina could do offensively. All of those are in question right now because of where Newton's health is and his being unavailable to get examined the way he normally would because of what's going on. That doesn't help him either. So Cam Newton's a top 32 NFL quarterback for sure. But I don't know if he's going to have a starting job this year or any job. I don't know where he lands because of these questions. Hey, Andy, uh, rookie NFL head coach Matt Rule and the Panthers took all seven of their picks on the defensive side of the ball. It's the first time that's happened since 1985 when the Browns took all their picks on one side of the ball. What did you think of their draft? Well, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys, betonline.ag has it at 150-1 to 1 right now in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, they are at the bottom of the league, and it's a total rebuilding effort, and they knew that. That's what they are. Cam Newton's not there anymore. Luke Keekley's not there anymore. They've changed coaching staff. Now is the time to do this. One of the nice things about cleaning house is it gives you a lot of draft flexibility. And when teams say, well, we take the best player on our board – that's something they like to say, but often they're taking guys for need, and there's other factors that go in, as there should be. That's how you put together a team. But when you're cleaning a house, you can't take the best player on your board because you're looking for a lot of things. So the best player on their board happens to be defense every single time. I don't think they set out to do it that way, but that's the way it fell, and uh, I understand that. I think their offense, they, they had addressed it decently in free agency anyway. Andy Benoit breaking it down, and, you know, the draft odds changed after the draft. They're going to change even more. You want the best online, uh, best draft odds right now, Harry. You go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Get the freshest lines updated almost hourly now with the way this whole thing's going. And when Andy figures out how this compensatory thing uh, works, (laughs) we'll all sit down and try to figure it out as well with him. Andy, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate all the knowledge and uh, the uh, assessments so far. You don't have report cards, though, so that's good. You don't do that, Thank do you? you for, yeah, they, no, you know what? I did do that this year, but I, I am the first to say, I did it for Sports Illustrated, the, the grades are a load of garbage. I mean, it's just <laughs> a great, you know, it's, that's, that's the nature of it, but it's fun. People like it, and I think it's probably harmless fun. Exactly. I can't wait till the, till the schedule's released, and then we can sit down like we do every year. We learn from Mike and the Mad Dog. Give him a win. We can do give him, give a, him a win, loss. give him a loss <laughs> based on the schedule as it's released. It is, it's, one of the, it's the next big day I see on the sports calendar. Yeah, why even play the game? We can just sit here and figure this out ourselves. We don't need to play the game. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're experts. That's why we're on radio and on Sirius XM 211. The problem is maybe they won't play them. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Benoit breaking it down. I prefer Andy Benoit. It sounds a little more French, and it gives you the Shroud of Eve.